list of good days, cats and kittens, and welcome back to both The Happy Place and to this week's episode of Discontent Provider, the podcast that is, if I'm honest, still stretching, yawning and rubbing some disconcertingly gristly matter from its eyes following a long-delayed and much-deserved break last week. Apropos of that, both Arkham and I trust that our atemporal avatars treated you all uh, frightfully well during our absence. After all... There are a few things worse for a provider of top-draw audio content than returning to find that interim hosts have either presided over a gruesome reign of terror or initiated some sort of bloodbath. But, as our inbox seems empty of complaints, it would appear that everything went pretty dashed swimmingly and that we made a decent sort of fist out of holding the fort for ourselves. So we'll, yeah, you know, we'll probably give ourselves another go at it when next we're called away. But enough of the minutiae of housekeeping. We're back in the flow and we're ready to go. That rhymes, so you know it's true. So let us, very much after the fashion of Michael Madsen and his chums, open up the old car boot, haul out the enhostaged Marvin Nash of this week's current uh, grim tidings, and get it into the abandoned warehouse of our shared headspace and brutalise the fucker something fierce, shall we? And you can't say that the wicked and weary world hasn't been asking for it either. We've given the damn thing a week away from our basilisk gaze, assuming, of course, that there are basilisks that wear inordinately thick spectacles, suffer from nystagmus, glaucoma and more cataracts than the River Nile, yet has it taken that opportunity to astound it, uh, astound us, rather, by sorting itself out, by mending its ways? Has it triple buggery? All in all, the whole sorry shooting match would appear to be much as it was when we left it, except that there is now yet further man-made crap littering the moon's surface which must be the most fearful bore for those nice clangers cats and kittens who had doubtless expected that their unpleasant and odd looking neighbours might well be leaving them alone for a while a merry enough state of affairs for a discontent provider of course and one that means we're running no imminent uh, risk of having to change our format and become one of those nice little podcasts where people happily reminisce about forgotten snacks from their childhood I was always rather partial to horror bags myself, since you didn't ask. Uh, on the other hand, neither the world's greatest lurcher nor myself are so utterly solipsistic as to feel that the world begins and ends with this amateurish, awful buffet, which is uh, a shockingly fashionable view, if the metadata is to be believed, sadly. Uh, so our return to the old stand has been rather a saddening and chastening experience. Not least because of the return of a long-running saga that never fails to foster a frisson of soul-deep revulsion at the pettiness, willful ignorance and general shittiness of a certain sector of the British public. I don't think it's a subject upon which we've touched before, but it's one that I always knew was hovering on the periphery, awaiting its chance to pounce. Like Freddy Krueger hearing that the funding for yet one more ill-advised Nightmare on Elm Street reboot has finally come through. It's not, I'm bound to say, the worst story ever to besmirch the annals of history. It doesn't involve an horrific death toll or anything, so one can't put it on a par with the wars, wildfires and tyrannies that currently disfigure humanity, which was, let's face it, hardly an oil painting to begin with. In its way, however, that is what is so utterly dispiriting and ghastly about it. In the grand scheme of things, it's utterly meaningless. 
yet the sheer energy with which people form bucket chains in order to pour out vitriol and spite upon the issue seems to this lad to most eloquently argue the utter fruitlessness of expecting better from people or hoping against hope that they might one day grow the fuck up. Oh, show these cats and kittens footage of war-torn Sudan? It's got nothing to do with them, chief. Remind them of the iniquities of modern-day slavery, and they'll still blench visibly at the thought that they might have to spend more than 30 bob for a phone charger. Yet, when this tired tale rolls around, their apathy and indifference shrivel to ashes before the white heat of their outrage. Finally, they have come to a hill upon which they're willing to die. At last, something is real to them. Now, some critics might feel that I'm overselling this point and that nothing I can say can justify the sort of 19th century freak show Barker build-up I'm giving it, but I beg to differ. Actually, I don't at all. I'm going to differ unapologetically and with all the vim that early middle age has left me with because the sheer triviality of it all merely emphasises what I'm saying proving once and for all that few things can be more utterly contemptible than witless fuckstumps getting into the most awful tizzy about something that affects them not one whit, in which they have not the smallest discernible stake, and about which they never even think until some malicious hack or demagogue with a word count to fill pipes up to remind them about it. No, podcast pals, it's not the Rock of Gibraltar, but you're awfully close if only by virtue of the fact that it's a silicon-based thing. I'm talking, and not before time I'll grant you, of the ever-bubbling cauldron of small-minded nationalism and pointlessness that is the dispute over whether or not the British Museum should retain their custody of the Elgin marbles. There's almost certainly a parallel in Greek mythology to the occasional recrudescence of this contagious issue, but as my classical education extends only to Ray Harryhausen monster movies, and the odd fact cold from space filler in old Doctor Who annuals, I've no earthly clue as to what it could be. But nevertheless, it's back with us again. This week, it's the revelation that an as-yet-unnamed British Museum employee has been colluding with a tea leaf, or tea leaves, to pilfer anything up to 2,000 trinkets from the museum's stores that has led to the Greek authorities opining that the museum's security simply isn't up to snuff, and that uh, the claims that the museum is protecting the ancient friezes is utterly discredited. Quote, The thefts from the British Museum have been high on the news agenda in Greece, and the Greek culture minister told the BBC it raises questions about the safety and integrity of all the museum's exhibits. Lena Mendoni said the incident reinforces the permanent and fair demand of our country for the definitive return and reunification of the sculptures in Athens in the Acropolis Museum. Unquote. Now, let's not piss about here. This claim, in and of itself, is undiluted poppycock. Some bod helping an accomplice to sneak rings, bracelets and other gewgaws out of the place via a back entrance in no, is in no way comparable to somebody making off with 247 feet of solid stone frieze from a public gallery. The former merely requires a spot of cooperation and a modicum of circumspection. The latter, well, well, frankly, we're talking about Batman villain level stuff, shrink rays and the like. 
Not that that justifies the scathing response to the Greek government's uh, concerns given by the chair of the British Museum All-Party Parliamentary Group, Tim Loughton, MP, who accused them of, quote, blatant opportunism, unquote. Even if there is an element of truth here, dash it all, even if there's half a periodic table's worth of elements of truth here, it simply isn't on. It was nothing but a rallying cry, I'm sick of saying dog whistle, and Arkham definitely doesn't dig on the phrase, uh, to those who stick to their sullen myopic refusal to countenance the idea that the Elgin marbles don't actually constitute or have the slightest fucking connection to our culture and our heritage in it. They really don't, you know. Lord Elgin, a former ambassador to Greece, who had returned to the country in order to sweet-talk the Ottoman-Turkish Empire into weighing in on the British side during the Napoleonic War, had, it seems, genuinely been interested in preserving the sculptures following uh, damage caused by various attacks upon the uh, Parthenon and and took various uh, masons and artists with him in order to copy them. Now... Was it a lust for personal glory or filthy lucre that caused him to deliberately misinterpret uh, misinterpret the ambiguous wording of a certificate issued to him by Sultan Selim III? Or was it a genuine misunderstanding? I've no idea. But once there, he had his team box up the real McCoy, or the real McCoy-dopolis, perhaps, stonework, and it was brought to Blighty. Strapped for cash, and having exhibited the stuff for years at his own expense, Elgin flogged the lot to the nation for it to be kept in the British Museum. Well, that's one version of events anyway. Uh, You know, I'm sure we've all had some less than edifying scenes when trying to spring a big surprise on a partner. Here I am, dear, back from my jolly old travels. And I seem to have lost something of the Scottish brogue, too. Doubtless due to mingling with the tongues of the world. Either that, or an oversensitive writer avoiding demeaning dialect-related tropes. Hey! Now, Billy! One of the dip-it walk cunts, is it? Oh, my precious darling, how I've missed your homely ways. And that's why I took the liberty of bringing back a, a wee souvenir of my adventures. Oh, Helgi, that's pure gala, so it is. Is it 400 Rothmans and a couple of bottles of that ouzo? <laughs> it's uh, something a little more impressive, dear heart. If you'd care to look out of the French windows, which to save downloading another sound effect are already open, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Oh, you shouldn't have. Oh, help my bob! What's all this shit? Marble sculptures from the Parthenon itself. Timeless relics. You dirty bastard! Most of them haven't even got clothes on. My sister's coming in the next. What's she going to say when she sees you've got statues of your Greek whores all over the gaff, eh? But, my sweet... How'd you wish, you fucking pervert? I'm not having this filth in this house. Well, those two gadgets ain't dead, by the way. Well, experts believe that the figure on the left is Patroclus and... Hey, the figure on the right is you after a skinful, eh? So that's what you've been up to on your travels, is it? Well, really, 
If, if you're that set against the antiquities of the golden age of civilization, perhaps I can offload them on the British Museum. I see that you do! Honest to God! Did you not hang to bring back any fags or booze? Hey! That in the fucking suitcase, you fat bitch! Well, it might have been like that. We, we can't say with any real certainty. And I know how much you enjoy the faultless accent work for this, which this podcast is so justly ignored. Even then, it must be noted, it was a controversial move. The committee that approved the purchase did so with only a two-vote majority, and uh, Lord Byron, the noted limping libertine of old London town, launched a very vocal campaign against it. You see, cats and kittens, wokeism is hardly a modern invention. That cat would, I'm sure, have been all over X had he survived. And, of course, the Greeks have kept bringing the topic up ever since. And always, always, to flat-out refusal from both the uh, government and the British Museum to even discuss the matter. Uh, Flat-out refusals that have been championed by many people with, as I've said, far more passion and fury than they bring to subjects far worthier of deep feeling. I simply can't see any justification for it, you know. What good does having the marbles do those who howl like banshees at the prospect of their return to their Argive home? I'll wager that those that shout loudest about it have never even set eyes on the fucking things, nor do they have any intention of ever doing so. It's pure dog-in-the-manger stuff. No, I'm sorry, old chap, but your lot do act like that sometimes, so there's no use sulking. Uh, and, and the fact that its baselessness seems only to increase the fervour and nastiness of their attitude is what makes the whole business just so completely beastly and saddening. Ah, my gosh and giddy gumdrops. It wouldn't be hard to knock up copies if these dunderheads were really so desperate to clap their peepers on the ancient carvings, so there is absolutely no reason for it at all other than basic, deep-down, dyed-in-the-wool, fuck-stumpery, seasoned with witless jingoism. I mean, one could understand, if not agree with, their caustic carping, at the Greeks' case, if the old meat-hopes had, uh, had either informed or been informed by British culture, but that simply isn't the case. So there appears, at least to me, to be no even remotely worthy objection to packing the lot off back to Athens. Especially, the thought occurs to me, uh, given the teeth-gnashing and frenzied conniptions that these self-same cats and kittens would have if it emerged that an iconic artefact of British cultural history, the very first original Georgian Lynn strip from the sun, say, was being held in a foreign museum. No, all things considered, it's a deeply disheartening reminder of just how obstinately dreadful people can be and that if they're this obstinately dreadful about something that ultimately matters so little, what hope that they might show even the basics of common human decency when confronted by a big issue? (laughs) Well, cats and kittens, it looks like we're back in style, do it not? That's about it for this week. But before we go, the usual formalities. All facts and quotes have been checked to the best of my poor abilities. Always remember that the uh, foregoing was merely the opinions of a ghoulish anti-folk relic and a dog and should be used for entertainment purposes only. If you've enjoyed this, don't forget to subscribe to Discontent Provider so you'll never miss a drop. 
And if you do nothing else with your sorry, worthless lives, you can at the very least share us like Billio and otherwise spread the love. Just before we launch into this week's song at the end, let me, uh, let me remind you about our dearest of dear pals over at Inane Blather, America's foremost sibling-fronted fash-bashing podcast. Always worth a listen if you're curious about US politics and the sort of shit show that could be around the corner for us here any day now. Until next time then, we're off home. So from the Silver Fox and the Black and White Dog, cheerio. Ah, it's good to be back, isn't it, son? Why can't people shut up at the Elkin Marbles? They're ours now. They're ours now. They're safe and sound right here with the, the Purloin Marvels. Don't ask how. Don't ask how. Some would claim by conquest, some extorted as tribute from foreigners who writhe beneath the British boot. And if you think we'll give them back, you've no idea just what cuts we are. Cause we feared the Turks would put them in danger But they're long gone, they're long gone So now we're clinging to them like a dog in a manger It's just plain wrong, it's just plain wrong They're gonna stay right here in the British Museum Where last year less than 3% of Brits went to see them I bet not one of them posts on Facebook telling Greece to fuck off Tend to approach culture It's mine, all mine It's mine, all mine With the grace and the respect Of a starving vulture They just see pound signs They see pound signs The mulish anti-repatriation Position Is one born of a crude spirit Of crass acquisition They see the worth but not the value Of what stones they don't understand <laughs>